Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. I am Harut Markarian, and my guest today is Andrew Eckelman. That's Dr. Andrew Eckelman, uh, who fell into neuroengineering after a snowboarding accident resulted in a spinal cord injury in his early 20s. His own journey through neurorehabilitation sparked a passion for developing rehab technology that empowers mobility. After obtaining a Bachelor of Science in Bioengineering at UC Berkeley, he completed his doctorate in Mechanical Engineering at the Center for Rehabilitation Engineering and Assistive Technology at Vanderbilt University. His doctoral research focused on combining human power with robotics, using functional electrical stimulation, muscle activation in other forms, during exoskeleton-assisted walking for persons with paralysis. Now, Dr. Eckelman is Chief Product Officer at Evolution Devices, where the mission is to provide the paralyzed community with financially accessible rehabilitation technology. Dr. Eckelman, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure for us to have you and to host you. Uh, looks like you got a lot of things in common, man. Uh, uh, we're both engineers. We're both in the assistive technology world. So uh, from your bio, I, you know, I got that you were injured during the snowboarding accident. So take me through that. How, you know, what were you doing? How did you get injured and how you fell into neuroengineering? Yeah, I was, uh, I was having too much fun, you know, I was uh, snowboarding, so uh, I loved, you know, all kinds of sports, played everything from soccer to basketball to golf, you know, you name it, I've, I've probably tried it out, so uh, I was always uh, interested in kind of just exploring and learning, and snowboarding fit the bill pretty well, um, but yeah, I was just getting into it, so um, I was going up almost every weekend and uh, trying to learn new tricks, and I went off of this jump uh, when I was 20 years old and doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Um, should have been going a little bit slower, went a little bit too high, came down a little bit too hard. And, uh, and yeah, and I, I almost immediately knew uh, something was wrong when I couldn't get up. I couldn't feel my legs and had to, you know, 
pretty uh, self-explanatory, but I, I broke one of the vertebrae in my back and um, or injured the spinal cord thereafter. So getting helicoptered out, barely conscious and, uh, and waking up with my family who flew, you know, hundreds of miles to be by my side the next day. And it was, it was a very traumatic experience, you know, just uh, kind of having, having that much of a physical uh, kind of injury um, and, and then learning all the diagnoses that come along with that and the prognosis that it's, it's not that common that people recover from injuries like that. When the brain gets injured, it recovers slowly and the spinal cord uh, has, has a limited capacity for, for neuroplasticity. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a learning experience. And you know, being 20, I was in college. I, I took that experience and it's kind of motivated me to learn as much as possible about neurorehabilitation, um, all these technologies that kind of can help influence that. So I've explored things like stem cell research at first and then um, got into robotics because I think that suited me a little bit better and electronics and uh, programming and and here at Evolution Devices, it really excites me about what we're doing is the machine learning aspect. So building new controllers using neural networks and, and stuff so that robotics could be a little bit more intelligent than, uh, than you know, heuristic controllers that, that we used to designing. You know, it, it feels like we both have a similar path. Um, I was a very... I was very active in sports. I played. I played professional basketball. Uh, I, I I did some skiing and stuff like that. So when you when you're talking, I'm like, this guy is like my like a different person in my body, right? It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So ah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and then uh, you know going to engineering and then robotics and then now really in the assistive technology world, it's kind of like you know we're walking the same steps pretty much. Um, so. And I always had a fascination for neuroscience, right? I wanted to know how, how, how the brain really activates all the muscles because I wanted to apply that for um, um, prosthesis, right? Prosthesis that connects to your nervous system. Just mm -hmm. for me, it's a very cool concept, right? Uh, so tell me, like, why did you decide to go into neurobiology? Well, after the spinal cord injury, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, I, I had to learn more, so I took one of what I what was my favorite course uh, in undergraduate was neuroscience, and it's it's unbelievable the amount of uh, creativity that it takes to just you know to unravel the brain, all the secrets of how what makes us tick, what makes us think, what makes us see. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal the the biology, the you know the the design of the of of the brain so um it was just fascinating and let's see uh after yeah there's a lot of challenges that came along with you know trying to complete school and my body just went through this metamorphosis from you know snowboarding to being a paraplegic using a wheelchair having to stretch having spasticity um and and yeah just just adapting so so i definitely wanted to learn more and focus on on recovery but also still finish college so it was <laughs> kind of uh you know hitting two birds with one stone kind yeah. of 
Oh, that's that's awesome. Exactly as you said it, like two birds and one stone, and uh, it's it's all of of interest to you. So I'm pretty sure you were loving it as you were doing it, right? Yeah, it yeah. makes a whole lot of difference. And a lot of people go to, go through school just to get a degree, right? But that's that wasn't the case for you because you had you had passion for it, and then you have you probably had a future intention into what you were going to do with all this stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's um, an interesting path. You know, I just took it one day at a time, one struggle at a time. So the college I went to uh, is, is on Berkeley's campus. It's just one big hill. So I, you know, started my uh, engineering days, you know, just designing new wheelchairs and getting into mechanical design a bit. But then, you know, also trying to neuroscience then steered me away from that a bit and even got really interested in stem cells and there's so many facets that came along with recovery that um, is, is, is a good uh, educational experience, even though it was an unfortunate traumatic event. You know, you gotta, you gotta take, get, uh, take what you can from the experience, so. Exactly, exactly. You have, to, you have to look for the good in any situation, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, it's been an interesting journey, that's for sure. Absolutely, and I can, I can only imagine. Um, so, you know, you went, you went to, so what, you did your PhD doctoral program in Vanderbilt, right? Yes. Yeah, you can talk to me about your, uh, your, your, you know, thesis project. Oh, sure. Um, so, yeah, again, this was a great program because um, I guess towards the end of undergraduate, I started doing re undergraduate research in exoskeletons uh, with, um, with Dr. Kazaruni at, at Cal, he he's invented actually Sudex. I don't know if we should be talking about companies, but uh, he's uh, um, he, he's invented a lot of different exoskeletons. So I had a pleasure of working with him, and just randomly one day in the lab, another researcher introduced me to functional electrical stimulation. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, we could activate the muscles just by putting electrodes over them. And, and then running some electrical current goes through the skin. You know, it doesn't, for some people, it, it, a little bit more sensitive to it, it, it might feel some, but generally you don't even feel it and it could activate the muscles underneath it. Yeah. So I was really intrigued to combine, you know, that human power with motors. Um, and yeah, so this is on the early onset of exoskeletons becoming feasible. Um, just due to manufacturing constraints, the size of the weight of the motors had become small enough and electronics become dense enough as well that it became feasible for people to use exoskeletons for rehabilitation. So it was really exciting to see the early ones being built and there aren't that many, um, they're just basically leaving university settings. So that's why I was attracted to go to Vanderbilt and work with Dr. Michael Goldfarb, who invented the Indigo system. And, um, and we were on the same page as far as integrating electrical stimulation with the exoskeleton. So that's where I, I went in there. I kind of learned how this exoskeleton is controlled and, um, and then how to build the functional electrical stimulation electronics, program it, wire the two systems together and even managed to do some pilot testing on, on myself. I was the first guinea pig and then other, we recruit other spinal cord injured uh, subjects to try out the, the new technology. And that is so cool. Like, uh, 
as you're talking, I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps right now because I'm like, yeah, I, I wanted to try that exoskeleton, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I understand because I've been in the same setting. Obviously, you understand because you lived it. Uh, but people who are not doing these research, these research, or who are not involved with uh, testings, they don't really understand the joy when you actually work on something and then get to try it and test it. It's really cool, right? That's the best part. And um, usually the first few times you try it, it may or may not work. Uh, so yeah, you try it on yourself in small steps. But by the time that you get it to work and, uh, and then you show other people and, they, and then you see the excitement in their eyes, it's not work anymore. This is just pure rewarding. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, that's something I tell. So I, I worked with uh, VCI, Brain Computer Interface, uh, back in college. And we were propelling a wheelchair with, with our thoughts, right? The same, same concept that you explained, you know, put electrodes on the brain or on the, on the skull and then pick up that electrical signal and transfer it to the motors. And uh, we were testing it. And as we were testing it, we weren't as effective because, you know, I don't think about propelling a wheelchair in my everyday life. But for a wheelchair user, he has a different way of thinking about how to move around, right? So when I, when I started testing this wheelchair, it was, it was like, I, I was barely able to move it forward and backwards. But then the real guy came, the, the, the real wheelchair user came, and man, he was driving that wheelchair as if I was driving the car, you know, the same, the same thing. Oh, wow. And to your point, you see the excitement in his eyes, right? When he, he's, he's able to do that and uh, that feeling that he gets, and then it, it just, that is worth everything, you know? It's like, now you forget all the all-nighters that you pulled to finish the project, right? You forget about all of that. It's just like that, that uh, fulfilling feeling that comes with seeing someone happy with what you delivered, right? It's like, it's, it's value delivered. So it's, it's, it's really, really important and really nice. Now, so how did you uh, started with uh, evolution devices? Yeah, sure. Um, so as my tenure at Vanderbilt was coming to an end, uh, just finished the dissertation pro process. And yeah, the whole motivation for me getting into, into grad school was really about the technology. I was happy to see that exoskeletons, you know, were coming to the market. Um, but there's limitations for patients, you know, there's limitations on reimbursement and excessive access to these, this technology. So, um, I was like, okay, like, what, what can we do? You know, like, um, as far as getting rehab technology to patients, I was like, maybe we got to start smaller um, and just take the electrical stimulation aspect, which the electronics are, you know, fairly affordable. And, uh, and then, so, so yeah, so the idea was let's, let's see what it, what the journey would be like to, to come into the FES space, the functional electrical stimulation space with a product. Yeah. Um, and really like learn why are, why are other FES devices the, the price that they are, what goes into making them, what is the process like for, for, for a product. So that's why I steered away from academia and, and really decided to go into industry and bring a product to people. Again, like look to look for that light in, in the, the end user's eyes that it's really helping their lives. So, um, so let's see, at the time it was 2018 um, in the fall, 
I just finished grad school. I was applying to numerous grants and, um, and heard of Evolution Devices through one of those grants actually, because they, they were awarded one of the finalist awards for the Toyota Mobility Foundation. Um, and, and yeah, so, so I contacted them and we had very similar uh, missions as far as bringing technology to people that you know, normally are left out. Uh, you know, bringing the the good technology too, not like the really old technology. Not exactly. nothing like. I, I, I actually want to commend you on that. You know, because most yeah. of the time, uh, these people are left with you know the community of people with disabilities are left with uh, kind of old technology like walkers and crutches and I don't know what you know. And I was talking to this uh, one person who was a very dear friend of mine, and she had a spinal cord injury, um, and she says. I no longer want to deal with crutches and wheelchairs and, and walkers. I want something that comes from the Jetsons. You remember that Jetsons uh, cartoon? You know? Oh yeah. I want cutting edge mm -hmm. technology. No more of that walker stuff. It's like, if you're gonna create something like that, then I'll be working with you. If not, <laughs> don't bother. So it was very mm -hmm. uh, eye-opening, you know, it, uh, because as you mentioned, they're always left behind. And that's why, you know, when I when I started my company, I said, you know, Markbotics is the name of the company, and underneath I was like, where nobody gets left behind, because that's mm -hmm. a big part of, of 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 who they are. You know, they feel like they were left out all these years, and I'm I'm actually glad that you brought that up. And uh, so I was going to ask you, so if you're going to work on a project, how do you ensure that this is something that the end user, like you mentioned, the end user is looking for. How do you determine that? Uh, through a process called customer discovery, you just ask questions, we interview. Um, we were fortunate that the Toyota Mobility Foundation, they helped us with a lot of publicity. So we were able to, to really engage with the community. Like for instance, being hosted on the local news and we, we announced our, our info at Evolution Devices email and we were able to get a lot of great, uh, you know, just input from the community, like, oh, hey, this seems like something that might work for me. Uh, we, this is before the pandemic, but we were able to invite people to come to our office, try out our prototypes, uh, and, and, you know, see what the effects were and just learn from that experience what, you know, what would be easy for them to use. And, uh, and it was a very iterative um, process um, of, yeah, discovering the customer, their needs, and then trying because to- Another thing Another thing about this, this community is uh, they don't like to be told. From an outside perspective, they don't like someone coming in from an outside perspective and saying that this is what you need to solve your problem, right? They want right. that uh, partnership and collaboration, which is what you're talking about, which is, yep. which is, which is great to hear actually. Uh, and mm. I'm, I'm going through a lot of that as well, like the iterative process, right? Yeah, uh, now your centered design. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, now your crowdfunding for the EvoWalk Smart uh, Stimulation System, right? Yep. So uh, go ahead. This is this is your chance to you know uh, ask for money, man. Yeah. Hey, here I have the EvoWalk Stimulation System. Um, so this is a, a current prototype that we have. It's a wearable that straps around the leg. 
and it connects with sticky electrodes. So these are off-the-shelf electrodes, again, to just bring down the cost for, uh, for the time being. But, um, well, hopefully for an enduring amount of time, we'll bring down the cost. But we really designed something that's as simple as possible, uh, just a elastic strap, kind of a nice uh, magnetic clasp so that you know, people with limited dexterity could, could manage it. Um, but yeah, really the most of the effort has gone into the AI, you know, intelligence that turns the stimulation on and off at just the right times while uh, somebody with paralysis who has difficulty walking uh, needs that stimulation, needs that extra support. And it, it sends a bunch of information to the user. And, um, and the, another interesting thing that we think is fairly innovative is the aspect of tele-rehab. So introducing patients to this just by sending them a device and having a physical therapy, walk them through um, an eight-week program, just one, one hour a week on how to use the device. If they have any questions, any concerns, um, and really get a feel for the device before they uh, decide whether it's something that that'll, they'll find useful for the long term. Yeah, that's really interesting. Think about uh, how much you can expand your reach by, by doing what you just said, right? By uh, like doing that uh, tele, telecommunication, if you will, like, you know, between, between the provider and the patient and the physical therapist. Um, so you can really talk to a person at the, at the other side of the world and then offer, the, offer them their product and then the services of a, of a physical therapist, which is, which is great. And you know, this, this, kind of, this kind of thinking was not even present maybe five years ago, right? Or, or barely was getting yeah, there. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I mean, I guess it's not funny. It was really the pandemic, you know, and like, the, right. for example, we're on Zoom now. I didn't do that much before 2020. Yeah. And um, yeah, we had to, we couldn't have, you know, potential users coming to the office anymore. So we, we were forced uh, out of hardship, you know, into this tele-rehab. And we realized it's feasible, you know, it's uh, these Patients are learning within an hour, usually the first hour, how to use the app, use the device, place electrodes in the right places, things that we thought maybe that would be unfeasible, uh, we're finding is actually feasible. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, that's great. So how can people get in touch with you, uh, with you or anybody in the company? Uh, and how can, uh, you know, what are you looking for from, from the community, from, from investors? Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, we're always we're taking on pilots with an upper motor neuron uh, damage through stroke, multiple sclerosis, spinal cord injury, traumatic brain injury. There's numerous causes of foot drop. Um, so that's that's our first kind of uh, users of the Evo Walk, um, and and clinicians. We welcome clinicians to work closely with us as well. We'll send some samples so that they could try it with their patients. Um, there's a lot of information on our website. So if you go to evolutiondevices.com, then you could see, uh, see more information on how it works and, and sign up for our newsletters. Contact us through email at info at evolutiondevices.com. Check us out on Instagram, on, uh, on LinkedIn. Really, yeah, yeah we were, we're very interested to interact with the community. We're doing a crowd equity fundraise so that we're funded by the community so that we have full control over the, you know, the pricing of the product the, and the, the way that, that we want to introduce it to the community and that the community, that benefits the community the most. And you're based off of Los Angeles, correct? 
I live in Los Angeles. Again, with COVID, we've kind of dispersed a bit, but uh, our headquarters is in Berkeley, California. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. Uh, so, so there you have it. If you go to evolutiondevices.com, you can find a lot of information. You can also reach out to them through there by, I think you said info at evolutiondevices.com, right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, man. And maybe you, you never know, maybe one day we will work together. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm interested in Mark Vodics too. It's, uh, yeah. it's a great work. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, uh, partner, partnering up, solving problems by partnering up with the community of people with disabilities. That's what we're doing. That's ultimately our goal. And, uh, you know, um, thankfully we have a good, good community around us that, you know, that's, you know and that's all I that's all I can ask for to you know propel the mission and the purpose of the company to the next level. All right, thank you so much for your time, Andrew. This is uh, this was this was great. I mean, I can talk to you forever, but uh, our, our guests are not going to understand a lot of a lot of what we talk about. Probably the, a lot of the technical stuff. Uh, but this this has been great. Um, I I thank you, uh, and please again go to evolutiondevices.com. And uh, if you need uh, access or, or, or help with, with uh, foot drop issues, you can contact info at evolutiondevices.com and reach out to them. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Andrew. I will see you next time with a different guest. Bye. Right. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.